Our scripture today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing, and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth, when he blows on them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. All right, I want to start this morning by maybe having you think of a rather unpleasant time in your life. I want you to think of the time when you were at your weakest, time when you felt powerless in some particular way, when you felt like there's nothing you could do to help yourself. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, that's me right now, Pastor Dave. You know, how'd you know? Uh, I hope this sermon is an incredible encouragement to you today. Um, but for lots of us, these times have come and gone several times, right? There, it's not just one time, but you can think of several times where you're at a really, really weak point. It can happen uh, when you encounter some sort of physical ailment, some sort of mental struggle. Uh, for some of us, it's an addiction. For some of us, it's severe grief and loss of a, of a family member, a close friend. Lots of things can take us to the bottom. And let's be honest, none of us like feeling weak, Right? I don't know anybody that said, boy, I just really enjoyed that weak season in my life. Or maybe they got something out of it. Maybe they enjoyed the growth that happened in it. But nobody likes being weak. We would all much rather feel strong and capable of directing our own fate. And yet the reality of our lives is that we're all weak. Even during our strong times, we're only a phone call away, right? Only a moment away from just being a crumpled heap on the ground. That's the reality. That's part of the reality of what it means to be human, right? We are weak. You might say, wow, this is an encouraging start to the sermon, Pastor Dave. You know, I just love this. And, and that's the bad news, right? The bad news is that we are weak, but there's really, really good news coming behind that from our text today. And the good news is we have a God who's very, very strong, limitless in power. And get this, he loves to strengthen the weak. He loves it. And that's what we're going to be talking about here today. Um, we're in the season of Epiphany, of course, uh, the fourth week of Epiphany in the, in the church calendar. 
And Epiphany is all about God's self-revelation to us. He's, he's saying, this is who I am. And so we've been looking at these uh, various traits of God, these various markers that really set our God apart. And week one, we saw that our God is the God of the outsider. He loves to bring more people into his family, loves to include more people in his plan of salvation. That's just who he is. He's a God of the outsider. You know, and then we looked at um, the, the next week that God is intimately involved in our lives. He's an intimate God, right? This is really, really unique to Christianity. He's not some cosmic deity somewhere out there, but he's, he comes really close. He knows us every single detail about our lives. And then last week, Nathan did a great job teaching us, all of us, including the kids, that our God is a God who has the words of power, even over evil, right? He has complete authority and power, even over evil. And then today we see the God who loves to strengthen the weak. And in order to kind of wrap our minds around where Israel, the people of Israel, were at in our text today from Isaiah, maybe you can think of a time where you were weak in your life, but it was the worst kind of weakness because it was all your fault. Anybody have one of those times where you're like, yep, I was at the bottom, and the worst part about it was it was totally my fault. That's where Israel is in our text today, right? It's the worst. It's, it's, uh, it's self-inflicted kind of weakness. And, you know, the book of Isaiah can really be broken into three sections. Chapters 1 through 39, um, we see God giving warning after warning to the people of Israel. He's saying, turn. He's saying, repent. Repent of your idolatry. Come back to me. Or I'm going to allow your enemies to come in and to invade you and to take you off into exile. Of course, Israel doesn't pay attention. They don't listen, and exactly what God says happens in chapter 39. They're invaded by the Babylonians, and they're carried off into exile. So it's the worst possible thing they could imagine. Well, chapters 40 through 55, the message really changes to a message of hope and encouragement. God's saying, look, I haven't given up on you. I'm, I'm still holding fast to the covenant that I made with Abraham. And so he starts this chapter with comfort, comfort my people. Messages of comfort and hope, and that's where we're at today, that, that big, big turning point. And then chapters 56 through 66 are all about God keeping his promise to bring the people back home to their land in Israel, which actually happened in 539 B.C. So we're at this major turning point in our text today where the worst thing that they could imagine has happened. They've blown it. They've rebelled against God. Because of their sin, they've been invaded and taken captive as slaves, as exiles into, into the Babylonian Empire. And these people are down. They're out. They're discouraged. They feel depressed. And God speaks to them in the midst of this comfort and hope and that he hasn't given up on them. And I want you to see four things here about this God who loves to strengthen the weak. He says, first of all, that he has the power to strengthen the weak, which is really important. Then he says he sees and knows the situation of the weak. He's, he's not aloof to it. Thirdly, he loves to strengthen the weak. It's a passion in his heart. And then finally, we're going to see the one thing that he asks of the weak. So four things today. Let's start. First of all, God has the power to strengthen the weak. Look at verse 21. Isaiah says, Do you not know... Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? So the section begins with four rhetorical questions, right? Have you, do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you? And what he's saying here is like, look, since you were little kids, as, as Hebrew children, you've heard all the stories, right? You know all the things about this great, powerful God that he's done for the people of Israel, 
You know the story of creation, right, where God spoke, and just with his powerful words, he created everything. They know that, right? They know the story of Adam and Eve, how Adam and Eve uh, rebelled against God, sinned, how creation and everything splintered and broke. Yet God stayed with them. He didn't leave them. He wasn't like, okay, I'm done with you. He stayed in relationship with them. And since they were little kids, they learned the story of Noah, how God sent this powerful flood to wash the earth of its wickedness, and and how God protected Noah and his family. So he's staying there with his covenant people. He's preserving his people through through these acts of wickedness and rebellion. And, of course, they had heard the story of Abram, how God had made a covenant with Abram, that he was going to make Abram a great nation, that he was going to uh, make his descendants like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashores. And they learned about how that, how that nation was born in Egypt, how 400 years of slavery followed. They, they learned all about Moses leading God's people up out of the land of Egypt into the promised land. They heard about the 10 plagues and about God drowning the entire Egyptian army in the Red Sea. They heard about Israel grumbling in the wilderness. Right? We just talked about this in the Exodus series. And how God could have easily said, you know what, I've had it with you. But he didn't. Instead, he provided for them manna and quail and water from the rock. He was faithful to them. And they could go on and on with stories like this, right? How they crossed the Jordan River at flood stage. Two million people crossed this river, and the waters were all backed up, and they crossed on dry ground. How they complained that these people were too powerful for them, and yet the conquest of Jericho somehow happened. You know, time and time again, Isaiah's like, you know these stories, right? You've heard these things. You've heard, you've seen how time and time again, when you were weak, God was strong. When you were unfaithful, God was faithful. Sure, they've heard. Sure, they know. But they needed to be reminded. That's what Isaiah is saying here. He's like, you need to be reminded that God has been powerful and faithful in your lives from the beginning that he's never given up on you, even in your own screw-ups, God is still there in the mix working to bring about your good. He's able to redeem you from the worst possible things. He wanted to remind them of all those things because God was about to do it again. He was going to yet bring them out of captivity, out of exile once again. And I just want to encourage you with this this morning. If, you're, if you happen to be in one of those times of weakness, even if it's a self-inflicted time of weakness like Israel was in, You need to be encouraged by what God has done in your past, right? So many times we're in those weak moments, we can only see like right in front of our face. We can only see that problem that's staring us right just so closely, and we can't think about anything else, especially not about the things that God has done. And this is a great reminder for us, like just listen to the words of Isaiah here. Haven't you known this? Haven't you heard this? Don't you remember all the things that God has done in your lives? It's especially important to think on those things during the weak times. So that's what Isaiah does first. After calling them to remember what they've known and heard since they were young children, Isaiah gives them three metaphors here, three word pictures or lessons to convince them that God has plenty of power to help them in their seemingly impossible weak circumstance. Look at these these lessons. First of all, a lesson from grasshoppers. Isaiah reminds them that it's Yahweh who sits above the circle of the earth, and all of its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, right? So just imagine for a second. Uh, unfortunately, our kids aren't in here, but if we have some little boys in here, they would just love this illustration. But you, like, have a, a patch of pet grasshoppers living in your backyard, and, and let's say um, you were caring for them and making sure that they had plenty of grass to eat and those kinds of things. 
And then a group of slightly larger grasshoppers comes in and takes them over and says, all right, now you're going to be our slaves and you're going to work for us. And your pet grasshoppers say to you, like, can you help us? You know, we're, we're really struggling here. These bigger grasshoppers have taken us over. And you know how grasshoppers can be various sizes. If you've ever caught grasshoppers, there can be small ones and there, there can be those big ones with the wings. But they're still grasshoppers, right? Like even to a kindergarten boy, that you'd be like, yeah, I can help you with that. I can squash those big grasshoppers. They're still grasshoppers. And that's God's point to them here is like, you realize these people that look super powerful to you, these people that have overtaken you and are holding you captive, they look like a bigger version of a bug to me. Like they're just bigger bugs. They might not, they, they might be giant and intimidating to you, but they're just big bugs to me. That's the first lesson he says. But then the second lesson is a lesson from plants. And we have lots of gardeners here in Life Church. Um, Life Church has actually had its own community garden for many years, and I love that. Um, but specifically, this is about, uh, you know, think about your garden in the early spring when the new shoots are coming up, right? And that's the example that he gives here. And in that time where you got these new seedlings, they're coming up, you're really babying the garden, right? You wanted to get moisture regularly because you can't dry them out. They'll die, but you can't have too much water to flood them. Uh, you're trying to keep the rabbits out. Oh, there's lots of work to take care of the garden at this stage. And God says, look, the princes, the kings of the earth, they're kind of like these new little seedlings, right? And his breath is like a hot wind. He's like, I can just blow on them, and they're toast. They shrivel up and die. That's how easy this situation is for our powerful God. And then, finally, he gives the lesson from the stars. Verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high. It's like, look up. Who created all these? And he's pointing, he's looking specifically at the stars, right? He says, he who brings out their host by number, calling them by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Can we bring up that picture here, Garrett? Do we have that picture? Okay, so it looked a lot cooler on my computer. But this is one of the pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope. Okay, yeah, we'll get, we'll get the lights down for a second. But, Garrett, are you able to zoom in on that picture at all? All right, no worries. So this looks like mountains, actually, but what this is is a, is a region of that, like, gives birth to new stars. It's a bunch of gases, and, like, we've never been able to see these stars before. But as you zoom in, you just see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of new stars, and it's actually uh, just incredible. This is 7,600 light years away from us, right? Um, you can go ahead and turn up the lights, Nathan. Uh, this, this area is called NGC 3324 in the Carina Nebula. Um, it's a young star-forming region. And if, you, if you've looked at this, uh, you know, some of these telescopes and things coming out, there's roughly 100 to 400 billion stars in our galaxy. And we now know that there are billions upon billions of galaxies with billions of stars in each one. And our text says that God calls them all by name somehow, like every single one of them. And Isaiah's point here is like, look, could it be that this God who knows every name of every star, billions of stars and billions of galaxies, could it be that he could be of some help to you? Could it be that your situation isn't out of hand to him? Could it be that he could possibly strengthen you? He has the power to strengthen the weak, friends. It's no problem from him. That's, that's the first point here. And the lesson from the stars, of course, leads us to the second point, that God sees and knows the situation of the weak. Look at verses 27 and 28. 
says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting.